Welcome to the Floor Fantasy and Sci-Fi Lore. We are continuing our deep dive into Dune. Today, we are going to be covering a book called Erewhon. This is a book written by Samuel Butler, and it is the reason the Butlerian Jihad, the rise of the machines in the Dune story, is called the Butlerian Jihad because of a book written by Samuel Butler. In 1872, he wrote a book about the rise of the machines. He was so worried that people would think he was crazy that he publishes anonymously. Not only that, but he would have had to write this book by hand. The typewriter would not be invented for another two years. Now, in this episode, we say he wrote it with ink pot and quill, but looking at the technologies of the time, it's more likely he would have used a steel quill, so uh, a quill that was made out of metal so that it wouldn't dull as fast, or a dipping fountain pen. There had been some patents for uh, fountain pens containing the ink themselves, but from everything I have researched on the topic, they were unreliable, leaked a lot, and a lot of people didn't use them unless they were extremely expensive. So based on what we know about his economic status and the development of fountain pens, it's unlikely he was using those, but more of a dipping pen. Uh, but it is a fascinating topic, a real interesting deep dive, and we talk about a lot of other things that he put in this book, which we have seen modern stories start to tell a lot. And this was over a hundred years ago that he imagined this. Quite incredible. I hope you enjoy this episode. We had a great time reading and discussing this material. Roll the intro. Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding? It drove you to break the rules and stay up all night to keep reading, keep watching, keep playing. So good, you forgot your life and lived there. So good, the moment it ended, you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on the topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, Another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome back to the Dooniverse. Today we're going to talk about a book that helped inspire Frank Herbert in writing Dune. This story is Erewhon by Samuel Butler. That's spelled E-R-E-W-H-O-N. This was published anonymously in 1872. It's one of the first books to ever talk about thinking machines or as he refers to the machines at the time, vapor machines, he is seeing steam engine technology. Yeah, he... so to put some context here, the Civil War has barely ended, right? They are currently building the railroad across the United States. Railroads are that new in the world. As Eli said, he publishes in 1872, which means he was writing it before then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think he published it anonymously because people would think he was absolutely crazy. Crazy, and yeah. He looks at, at a steamboat and he's like, 
we we, we got to worry about this thing. This thing could enslave us someday. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, consider like he didn't even have a typewriter to write this novel. This novel about the rise of the machines is written with quill, ink pot by hand on paper by candlelight by candlelight. That is how it right during the daytime, guys. Could have been like, have you heard of sunlight? <laughs> have you heard of sunlight? <laughs> but still, like, just you think about, like, that's how primitive his tech is. And he's thinking about the rise of the machines. That's right. That's right. And it, it, it implies the, the Darwinian uh, theory, which just came out, you know, 20, 30 years earlier of, of how biology learns and develops and adapts. You're right. And he applies this to the machines that they would do the same thing. And I, I guess that's how you get there because even still, it just feels like such a huge leap in like, you know, how does he imagine a future where the machines rise? Like today in our world, that's a common story. He's writing this story. Machines are so new. They're like, you mean I have to fill this water pot and keep a fire under it for to turn those gears? That's going to rise up? How? That's right. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. There's the quote from Jurassic Park. This is also where uh, Frank Herbert gets prescience from. So in it, it, this guy stumbles across this culture that like no one's interacted with. And it's very strange and bizarre culture. And they have discarded machines down to watches and destroyed them. And they keep up a museum of broken machines to remind the people uh, the dangers of this. And it's illegal to uh, use machines in this mm-hmm. culture. But uh, watch. when you when no wa- watches are bad. Uh, oh, yeah. Like they find a watch on him and they put him in prison for it. Dang. In the, their religion, they when they used to use machines, they had people who would study the past and present to understand the future. And they describe it as a time is like a scroll. The future is unraveling. The present is the open part of the scroll and the past is being wound up, but it's all part of the same thing, all written by the same hand. And the people who practice this prescience to study the past and the present, to know the future, uh, it would, it would drive them crazy and they wouldn't last for more than 12 months before committing suicide because of how depressing the future was. And this is where they get the warning that the machines will come and enslave them and they have to discard it and never use it. But they listen to the warning, which I think is interesting, like especially if you've seen, um, was it Netflix's Look Up? People are like, mm. eh, nah, I'm just going to do my thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put my spin on this. I, I think people want my opinion. This was just a really impressive, at the time, to be thinking about thinking machines it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Um, just, yeah, I- incredible to, to, to imagine that far into the future. It was 1872? Yes. 1872. Had you steamboat invented? Eli, Eli says steamboat. But we have the invention of the steam engine, and then we have the... Uh, upgrade of it that becomes useful like we talked about this in our in one of our in our flashpoint paradox treasure room i think what are we talking about specifically so the there was a guy i'd have to look up his name who invented the steam engine but it was so inefficient that nobody used it and then there was a, a another guy who comes along james watt and uh he is the one who 
fixes it up that it becomes useful. Yeah, it looks like what uh, late 1600s is when it's kind of invented to a, a rise. But like yeah. the first example of one is 1551. So, however, James Watt doesn't get his really functional form out until 1784. Typewriters, when did those come out? 1874, two years after he publishes his novel. Right after. We're like, wow, that, that's <laughs> foreboding. Let's make some stuff to write. You know, I don't think he would have wanted to write this on a typewriter. I, I think his idea is he's like, I can't use machines to write this book. I'm going to use... Well, I think that depends on if he's a, if he's a practical artist or not. Some artists are very practical, you know, but I, I mean, I do know some artists who have that approach. Like, I know a girl who, like, she's got, like, an in-home IV and drains her blood to use to develop film because she learned she could so that it is that her her blood is part of her creations you know she just she's just that way and there are artists like that and if if he was an artist like that there's no way he would have written this on a typewriter but if he's a practical artist who says a story is a story it doesn't matter if i use this typewriter to write it it's far more convenient he would have written it there but yeah that is funny two years later typewriter comes out so he definitely wrote this by hand yeah 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 Oof. that but larry and jihad is based off right so the reason he calls it Butlerian is to call back to Sam Sam Butler. Yeah. Yeah. And his warning, the machines will rise. <laughs> There's other writers that uh, will reference him. Uh, so he inspired other writers like C.S. Lewis, Aldous Huxley, Agatha Christie. So this book definitely made its stamp on Claire. It is a it is a brilliant idea. I mean, I haven't read the book, but to come up with that idea in the 1870s is just so incredible. Like, like you said, he publishes anonymously because we're like, we were going to think I'm a crackpot. <laughs> you know, it's not until, you know, 100 years later, we're like, these machines are getting really smart. I wonder <laughs> if we should start thinking about that. Be like, he was thinking about it before you had a typewriter, man. You know, he, he referenced it that a machine's potential is to grow uh, superior to man as man is to beast or beast is to plants. Mm. I, I definitely think that uh, his, his, his idea to look at evolution within biology and say what happens if machines evolve like that, that's definitely how you get there. But it was very inspired. But I mean, to not, not knowing that, you just look at it and be like, how did you imagine that? How did you look at a steam engine and be like, I wonder if that could think one day. <laughs> you know? And the guy next to you is like, have you lost your marbles? All right, time to go to bed, fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had one too many, buddy. It's, <laughs> it's over. You know. But, but you know, then looking at, be like, he had the origin of species, and it was kind of, he said, you know, Darwin saw these very primitive creatures and said, evolved into man, which are complex thinking machines by that measure, right? But still, uh, just a brilliant brilliant uh application of the ideas and and ideas so far ahead of their time that it's just incredible another thing that i think frank took notes from on this book is presenting an extremely bizarre culture that's really alien to our mm. own so this culture the Arrowinians, they treat illness like a crime and crimes like illness so if somebody there's an example of a guy who 
uh, is caught embezzling money. And they treat him like he's sick. And they send him to what they call a straightener. And, and he's ordered to drink water and eat only bread for a certain amount of time and have a certain amount of floggings. Huh. And then, but he's more welcome to still be a part of society. That's just his treatment to try to get him right. better. But everyone accepts, yeah, he's probably going to steal money again. But, you know, it's just, he's sick. But if somebody is ill or like a broken leg, that's a crime. A broken leg. That's interesting. Any kind of a disease somebody might have, that's a crime. These were just examples from the book that mm -hmm. I could show that he wrote this extremely bizarre culture and Frank does that in his Dune. Yeah, I mean, I can, you can kind of see, like, going back into the 1870s, how sickness could be treated as a crime. Because it used to be, like, if you were sick in the city, they, just, they boarded up your house and be like, you guys can't come out. This is prison now. If you survive, we'll open the doors. You know, because it was just so terrifying. And to, and to break quarantine was a federal crime punishable by death. Yeah. But even just uh, uh, anything that... They referred to it as horsepower. However much your personal body can produce and do was your horsepower. And anything that detracted from your personal horsepower is where the crime falls in. Huh. So anything that made you less productive as a person just was a crime. And, and this is how they protected their society without using machines, right? Let's have the most healthiest ones of us, right? And at... As well as he had in this book that machines would promote bad genetics. Machines would allow people who are less than your top tier kind of human physical shape to the point where he even brought up that the machines, once they do enslave us the way that we use uh, dogs or horses as an example, they might even just use us for our creativity and discard our bodies and put us in other machines huh. does that sound like matrix to you oh my gosh what <laughs> mind-blowing it is reading this book i was just like wow wow well and i i guess uh by this time the the spit wheel would have been invented and so what this was was to turn uh meals that like would cook on a spit they would put dogs in these wheels and make them run, right? Mm. And so I guess that idea could definitely come from be like, we were animals, they're animals. We grew to a point that then we then took other animals and put them to work, you know? Mm. And he says, then the machines will do that. Yeah. We are thinking, yeah. they are thinking, they put the thinker to work. But he also like referenced it as like, you know, when, when you have a dog or a horse, like you, you provide the best for it. Like it's living a better life than it would in the wild. Oh, I mean, but it is. There's a debate there. All right, what's the debate? It's living a safer life than a it would safer be. life. That's yeah. right. That's better right. isn't quite the right terminology because people are safe in prison. Some things, yeah. You're giving up things for that exchange. You lock somebody up in a room. They're safe. They get free food. They get access to some, most good access. Well, some get access to you know libraries and workouts and. Interesting. Yeah, this is uh this is quite defined uh I think, you know, in in it's 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 er, partly just because it's such an early look at this stuff. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. 
But we have Samuel Butler to thank for a big inspiration for Dune and other things, of course. But yeah, this is Dune, and that is why they found the Matrix. Awesome. Yes. Well, this was this was a great short. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I'm definitely gonna pick it up and check it out because yeah, it's just blowing my mind that he writes this with Quill on paper and he's thinking about the rise of the machines. It's just, you know, and I'm a writer, you know, just for you to imagine that far into the future, that different a world, just mm -hmm. absolutely an incredible feat. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We have mentioned in the past that if you go to the Patreon page, we have collections of all the different worlds and pieces of lore we have covered. For example, if you want everything we have ever done about Baldur's Gate, from the invention of D&D &D to Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that, you can find individual collections for all of those, or just one big collection containing all of Baldur's Gate or all of D&D. &D. So everything we have covered, everything we've covered, Eberron, Marvel, DC, Alien Zooniverse, Cyberpunk, Dune, and more. We have collections for each of those worlds. And I do want to mention that on the Patreon, the only thing behind the subscription is the Treasure Room content. Anything that has been released in the podcast for free is still free there. It is just a better organization of the information that the podcast app doesn't let us do. They are just a big list and you just got to type in your search words. On the Patreon, there are tags for everything. You got fantasy, D&D, &D, creature features, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that. Just an individual tag for those episodes. And as I said, we do have collections just to make this as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. We have learned in the past that a lot of people who listen to the floor, they're interested in one or two of the worlds. And they may check out one or two of the episodes when we switch worlds. But they're really just mostly interested in that. So we just want to like consolidate everything you're looking for to make it just as easy as possible to access. So... Check that out just to make your life easier. And uh, we are working at making sure you can download any of the free episodes there. So even if you're going to lose Wi-Fi or connection, you can get the episodes you want before that happens. Or just not burn your data while you're traveling to and from work or whatever else is you do while you listen. And uh, thank you. I hope you continue to enjoy the show.